to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you're joining us. WDET and our Detroit Journalism Cooperative Partners are looking back this year to look forward. Nearly 50 years after the city and others erupted in violence, the cooperative is exploring whether conditions that contributed to civic unrest have changed. We are looking at the Kerner Commission report that tried to determine why African Americans in so many cities were rioting during the 1960s. One of the issues, according to the commission, was education. And this hour, that is what we are going to explore. Joining me now is Lester Graham from Michigan Radio and Sandra Swoboda from WDET. Sandra, talk about what the residents said about education in this area. Well, it was interesting. We surveyed 600 people in the Tri-County area, African-American and white, and we were really focusing in on racial attitudes. That was the chapter that we did in July, and that work is all available at DetroitJournalism.org. But we also asked a series of questions related to other chapters that we're doing throughout this year on the project, and one of them, of course, was education. And so what we found was, number one, It was the number one issue. Along with crime and safety, it was the number one issue that people in this survey thought was facing the region, education. And then we got into how satisfied people are with schools in their own communities. And how did that uh, how did that look? Well, it was interesting. For a majority of whites, 56% said they were very or somewhat satisfied with their local schools. But that dropped to about 30% for African Americans being satisfied with their schools. Where it got more interesting... (laughs) and depressing, was when we asked about dissatisfaction with the schools. And for whites, it was about 38% dissatisfied, but for African-Americans, jumped to about 70%. Yeah. And and if you think about those numbers, and if you think about the state of Michigan, you still have a majority of African-Americans living in communities like Detroit, urban communities uh, around the state. You think about the state of the schools in those places, the unbelievable turmoil, for instance, that we've seen in Detroit for a very long time. Those numbers aren't necessarily surprising. And we've seen, you know, U.S. Department of Ed uh, report come out saying that if you if your student is going to a mostly black school, there's going to be a lot of problems. And they chalk that up to more inexperienced teachers at mostly black schools, worse building conditions, as we've seen in Detroit. You know, it's been talked about a lot. So that's not surprising at all. Uh, what is surprising is there was a moment that we could have fixed all of that. But the decision back in 1974, uh, a Supreme Court decision, not only uh, affected what's happening in Detroit, but for every urban school in the north. Yeah, uh, and that was about uh, busing for, as a means of uh, achieving some racial integration in, in schools in the Supreme Court. Uh, sort of turned its back on that idea. It was very controversial then. I have to say it's still a very controversial idea, but this case called Bradley versus Milliken uh, was filed. The NAACP was requested by the local chapter to step in. They looked at the different urban uh, situations, and Detroit seemed like a perfect uh, trial case to, to go after that. And they did, and they had success at the U.S. District Court level. They also had success at the appellate court level, and that went on for quite a while. Finally, the U.S. District Judge uh, decided, hey, the only way this is going to work, the only way we're going to be able to integrate Detroit schools, because in 1970, one out of three students was white. It was hard to integrate when you've only got one third of your population is white. The judge said, well, 
you know, all these Detroit people who left and went to the suburbs, clearly the solution is to send Detroit kids to suburban schools and suburban kids to Detroit schools, and that way we'll get a racial mix of the entire region. Yeah. That's what we'll do. And that was very, very controversial yeah. at the time. Yeah, I mean, for people who were not necessarily even alive at that point, it's hard to even remember how controversial that was. Uh, a lot of uh, real confrontation uh, that surrounded. Well, a good example in, yeah. in Pontiac, for example, which was also dealing with the same issue. Uh, there was a, a movement by white parents. There were thousands of people protesting in the streets. And a couple of years later, the KKK blew up 10 empty buses just before schools started for the season uh, to protest the idea of busing. That's how that's how controversial it was. And so now we're left with essentially a segregated uh, existence in, in education. And th- what your survey shows is that there's a distinct inequality that attaches to that segregation. You have this real gap between what white parents uh, and and community members and what black parents and community members think about their schools. And not to point out what was wrong with our survey, because it's not necessarily (laughs) that it was wrong, but I think looking at it now and some of the reporting that's been done in this chapter by our friends at Bridge Magazine, our partners in the Detroit Journalism Cooperative, but when we asked the question, it was, what about your local schools? What we're seeing now is the school choice policy being enacted throughout Michigan um, and Southeast Michigan, Uh, particularly Bridge Magazine looks at that. I know you're talking to them later this hour. Sure. So I don't want to give it all away. But it's that question of what is your local school? Is that what you're you're answering the question about what happens in your neighborhood and you've made the choice to, if you can, to transport your child sometimes a half hour, 45 minutes away to what you consider a better school. So where is that level of satisfaction playing in? Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Sandra Swoboda, a reporter and editor here at uh, WDET. Uh, also Lester Graham of Michigan Radio. Uh, both work with the Detroit Journalism Cooperative. We're talking about a DJC survey conducted this summer uh, that looked at education Uh, what people think about education uh, in their communities and what they think about education along racial lines. Uh, Talk about what what people uh, expect from their schools uh, that they're not getting. Is that is that part of what we're we're learning here? Well, I mean, if you want to back up and look statewide, I mean, all schools in the state uh, are, are at least 50 percent of the students are not performing to where they should be, according to the M-STEP test. We know that. But what's happening is we see in urban areas and mostly black areas, we're seeing less uh, advancement on those kinds of tests. And that can be chalked up, according to the U.S. Department of Ed, because of those those things we talked about earlier, inexperienced students, worse conditions at the schools and things like that. Now, see, Lester, every time we're in the studio together, you give me an opportunity to pick on something you said a little bit. Okay. And it's okay because it's what we do in, in how we measure schools, but that reliance on test scores. You know, we're, we're, always reli- we're always talking about what is the outcome on the test scores and not about quality teaching because that's a little more difficult to measure. Yeah, it's, not about, but it's the only yeah, metric we have. It right? is. Well, but we could, you know, if we really dug in parent satisfaction with schools, and I'm not saying that's exactly what equates to education, but advancement that kids make. Where are they 10, 15, 20 years from now? Does school prepare you in a multitude of ways to be a successful, happy, adult, a productive member of society, like that's not necessarily represented in a test score. So I'm going to push on back on you a little bit there. So, but what, what would be 
a way to even measure that that from the parent or community side this this idea of teacher quality i mean that's a much more esoteric idea. Right. And we're going to see Lansing take that on. I mean, come on, that's a, I mean, politically laden, who's going to decide who quality is. But I mean, we're getting a little off here, but that's okay, because we're talking about education this month. The idea of uh, what are we doing to support our teachers? We do less training for our teachers. We do less in service. We do less teacher education, how to educate in this country than a lot of other places. The one thing we do know is that when you have a more racially mixed, balanced, racially mixed school, the kids all together do better. That's been shown by the U.S. Department of Ed. The question is, how do we get there? How do you achieve it? You know, in this region, in the Detroit metro, you know, we've seen middle class black families move to the suburbs. And when you hit a certain point of black population in those predominantly white schools, suddenly the white parents either move away or they use school of choice to send their kids to the next district because apparently, and I'm, I'm making some assumptions here, it's getting too black. Yeah. And then you start seeing you know, this problem of are those kids, are those schools getting the support they need, getting the right kinds of teachers, getting the experienced teachers, or are those teachers moving with the white families further and further out in the suburbs? And that's a question I can't answer. I don't know. But that's what's a pattern we've seen yeah. in many northern cities. Well, one of the things that this also raises is is what the political climate is like to even start a conversation about this. I mean, I, I get the sense uh, that there is no tolerance, really, for uh, a conversation about integration in schools in Lansing. I, I know because we've we, you know we've got it doesn't start just in Lansing. I mean it starts you know at the local level and those code words we use like it's a good school. We're moving to a good school district. What does that mean? I mean is it getting more money? Is it more successful? Is that because it's getting more money? And is that why it's successful? It's getting more teachers, better teachers. Or is it matter of, you know, money follows white people uh, more than it does black people? You know, if you look at sheer dollars in Detroit, you know, the legislature will tell you Detroit's getting more money than just about any other school district in, in the state. And they're not being successful. It's not because we're not giving them enough money. So what is going on there? Well, that's the, that's the ultimate question. Go ahead, Sandy. Uh, to, well, I was just going to say, to bring it all back around, the reason we're here is looking back at the Kerner Commission report from the late 1960s and what led to civil unrest and violence in several American cities, in, including Detroit. I am I am certainly not going to say that it was strictly the conditions of the schools, but that was one of the things that would, was cited. And the Kerner Commission explicitly in the introduction said that opening up opportunities to those who are restricted by racial segregation and discrimination and eliminating all barriers to the choice of jobs, which we talked about in June, education and housing was something that would prevent such unrest, such violence, such problems in society. This is this is not new. Yeah. There is one more point I'd like to make, uh-huh. uh, and that's the Loveland Technologies Group did a uh, big study on the history of the uh, schools. And one of the things that Detroit's lost with so many school closings is that whole idea of neighborhood schools. Now you are transporting your kid across town to get to a decent school, and you lose that cohesion of the neighborhood. You lose that gathering point that the schools were for many neighborhoods, and that has to have an impact on satisfaction. Yeah. 
we agree on something, Lester. That is one of <laughs> my. Right. That is one of is one, one of, of my. Goals? Yes, it is, and it, it again goes to what Kerner Commission recommended related to education, and that was getting parents more involved. This is right out of the Kerner Commission report, and it's still things we're working years, on. Yeah, almost 50, almost 50, years, 50 later. years later, parents involved. Uh, uh, eliminating illiteracy, finding vocational education, training, opportunities for higher education, things that all come back to and, and frankly can be promoted when you have that community school and that kind of center of the neighborhood. Okay, WDET Sandra Soboda, Michigan Radio's Lester Graham. Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Glad Thank to be you. here. WDET's and Bridges' work with the Detroit Journalism Cooperative is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, the Knight Foundation, and the Ford Foundation's Renaissance Journalism Project. You can find more work on the Intersection Project at WDET.org. All right, coming up, Bridge Magazine's investigation into school choice policy in Michigan. What is it causing? What is the result of open open borders, supposedly, uh, for our schools? Stay with us on Detroit Today. <laughs>